guys, welcome to Touch by Prayer. I am so excited because guess what? We're going to talk about angels. Oh, yes, we are. I am so happy to have a good friend of mine, Adam F. Thompson. Yes, if you guys were here a couple weeks ago, who did we see? We had Adrian Beale. He was uh, the co-author of the Divinity Code, Understanding Angels. Well, tonight we have the co-author, Adam, in the house. I'm so excited. And he's coming in from Australia. So send him some love. And without further ado, let's bring on Adam. Hey, Adam, welcome to Touch by Prayer. So happy to have you here. You are such a joy. So it is always fun to have you on. G'day, g'day. How you doing? It's great uh, to be here. Thanks for having me on, Lisa. I always call you the man of the future. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the future. That's you right. are in the future. It's actually so Tuesday. No, sorry, Wednesday. Wednesday. Here. That's it. So we're still, we are still on a Tuesday time, but you, my friends, are in the future. So, okay, everybody loved, loved the book. We talked about the book with uh, Adrian. But now, but I didn't talk about any of your chapters because, of course, I'm going to leave that for you. So we're going to talk about, first of all, we're going to talk about your perspective and to why you wrote the book because I asked um, Adrian. So I wanted to just kind of ask your like your um, reasons for writing it. But before we go into that, can you just give us just a brief summary about who you are for those who don't know how awesome you are? You can go ahead and tell them. <laughs> well, don't know about awesome, but I... Oh, I'll say it. You're awesome. <laughs> You're very awesome. Well, thank you. That's very... Thank you for your kind words. But um, uh, I want to just... Uh, uh, today, I want to just release... Uh, just revelatory understanding what it is to work with angels. And uh, we don't worship angels, but uh, we, uh, I believe the angels are a very powerful part of our ministry, play a big role with our kingdom walk. And I'm uh, uh, initially, I, I, I had a vision uh, and I had an encounter, I should say, with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then long story short, I had the ability to interpret dreams and visions out of this uh, encounter with the Lord. And we all can have the ability to interpret dreams and visions. So I'm the co-author of the Divinity Code to Understanding Dreams and Visions, uh, which has um, uh, been a major success uh, and God is, is all over it. Um, we've sold, I think we've just about uh, hit the 100,000 mark when it comes to the Divinity Code series of copies we've sold. And um, also... Uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's actually got you know over a thousand reviews on Amazon, so it's it's been a real success, and that's one of our biggest sellers. And then we've done the Divinity uh, Divinity Code to uh, uh, understand uh, prophetic signs. That's called the GPS, God's prophetic symbolism, uh, and everyday life. So it's another book we've written that um, see God can speak to us with uh, unusual signs that come to us, that comes looking for us. We don't go looking for it now immature believers can look for signs and you know looking for a word but you know it's got to be uh, ordained by god and god speaks to us he comes uh, directly to us it comes out of nowhere and that's how god can speak to us with natural signs for example you might have a a strange occurrence of a um say uh, like a bird might come and fly in onto your bonnet while you're the traffic lights or something like that. And whatever bird that is, is it could be a prophetic sign. God could be speaking to you, something that's really unusual. And now we've got the book called The Divinity Code to Understanding Angels. Now, Adrian and I, Adrian and I, we're completely different people. We're like the odd couple. Um, or the, but or God's the snooze brothers. Sorry? The snooze the, brothers. The snooze <laughs> brothers, that's right. Uh, <laughs> That's one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, we should. You should. We should. I should have given you that photo so you can put up. But anyway, yeah. Um, of, of us being the snooze brothers. But anyway, um, we we uh, we travel the world. We've been on tour up until COVID for ten years, and we've done a lot of ministry together. He's a great teacher, great revelatory teacher. Uh, I'm uh, been accused of being a prophet once or twice, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, we. Uh, we sort of work well together. So I have that seer gift. I have an angel that stands with me in the meetings uh, and I get the visions and the words of knowledge, call people out. He brings his perspective when it comes to the grounding of the word of God. Now we both have knowledge of the word of God. We understand the word 
Uh, I have a good memory of the word. I'm a little bit like Rayman, you know, when it comes to <laughs> remembering the word. But together we work well. And it's interesting when we come home and we go get off the plane, we go our separate ways and we're completely different people. We might even see each other at a party. We don't even talk to each other, <laughs> you know. But when we get together, there's a Shazam type of thing, so to speak. You know what I mean? I've been around there's the Shazam. A, Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> So that, that's what we do. So there's a new book out called The Divinity Code to Understanding Angels. It's been, it's been, it's got five-star reviews. So far we've got, you know, over 40 reviews and um, uh, it's got released last November. And uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of good feedback. It's easy to read. You probably found that, uh, yes. Lisa. It's not one of those books where you, you have to really think through and, um, and, and you get blinded by theology. It's, uh, it, there is a lot of scripture backings, but it's very easy to use and have understanding to be able to um, cultivate the kingdom yourself and have a understanding that you have a, a, a comp company of angels around you. Uh, you. You've got a really huge ministry team around you, Lisa, you know, and so have I, and we get to walk in that. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Okay, so... That's a, just a little bit about you, but one, one of the things that I, I really love is you're, you're very, how do I put this? I want to say you're very succinct and when you give a word, like you're, you don't beat around the bush. <laughs> you, you get right to the meat and you, you basically tell people like the deal, like where some people will use a lot of fluff. It not that's not you. You're going to get right to the heart of the matter. So that, yeah. That you're yeah. really you're not going to embellish on what God is saying. You say exactly but, what God says, and that's one yeah. of the things I really appreciate about you. Yeah, and no, I thanks for that. But you also got to be when you're prophetic too. You've got to have a right spirit as well, and that's you've got to cultivate that. And somehow you need to harness it through the love of God through His lens. At the same time, being a prophet, you just got to go straight to the point. And uh, you know, it's not a very people see the glamour of being a prophet. But it's not. It's actually, um, you know, uh, I think you need to have more. You've got to have thicker skin than a politician. Um, hmm. And also it's not, you know, you're not favoured a lot. Um, and a lot of people do, uh, people are afraid of Some ministries won't connect. They, they secretly come to me like Nicodemus and uh, say, oh, I love what you're doing, but they don't want to have any association because they're afraid of me. Because, And when I say afraid of me, because... There's some stuff that's pretty heavy. I mean, I believe the prophetic is it needs to be encouraging and equipping. And I like Jeremiah 29, 11. It seems to be an outline of every prophetic word. It's got to be, uh, you know, I'll know the plans I have to for you. They give you hope in the future mm -hmm. and to prosper. But, you know, sometimes if there's a rebuke, there's got to be also a correction. And, and if you do this and this, I'll bless you. And that's very important. But a lot of prophetic words can be, um, uh, there's a lot of confusion online and, you're going to get your breakthrough this year. Sometimes I hear that and you go, well, I heard that last year. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and it's all good. But, but I'm saying that encouraging words are great, but it's not actually a high level of the prophetic. Anyone can be prophetic, but it's not operating in the office, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, being in the office is a separate thing. And it, you, you can uh, come up against resistance in, in this dark world. It's like it's, it's, it's something triggers in the spirit realm. And, and just look at Jeremiah's life. And I know he's an Old Testament prophet, but God is raising up prophets that are actually tapping into, there's a remnant rising that's going to be like Jeremiah's and like the Daniels and the Josephs and the Elijah's. And uh, it's a corporate, corporate group that's going to be rising in that matter to really bring the real thing. Because at the moment, there's a lot of muddiness with, with the prophetic and people have been discouraged. So I'm laying low for about 12 months uh, when it comes to uh, the prophetic, I'm actually laying low because at the moment there's a lot of crossfire going on in the body of Christ. Which is smart, which is really smart. Because I think especially if you, if you, okay, so one of the things that, that God's been showing me is he's been talking to me about how the United States is Nineveh, but it took a prophet to come to Nineveh that brought the change, that brought the restoration, which brought the the recompense, which, you know, reestablished who they were and stopped the judgment. But there are so many people, especially prophetic voices, who are so afraid to release that word, just like Jonah. Jonah was afraid to go because he it was a very dangerous place. But, you know, here we are. It's not about danger. It's about 
I hate to say it, but it's about your following. It's about your pocketbook. It's about your livelihood. So I think that there are a lot of, there's been a lot of compromise of, of releasing some words. So I think that the fact that you're being quiet and being still, but still being true to the calling, I, I think that's wisdom for right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, lot of, yeah, there's, because of this, they got, and I understand, I mean, I've, on the road and i'm a profile ministry and there's like a machine thing on the road and look i'm some being honest sometimes you're living like the life of a rock star i mean i went to seattle not seattle sorry i mean that's one of the cities but i went to um um miami and we did a conference all i saw was the footpath getting picked up in the in the you know in the truck and taken to the you know taken to the conference hotel rooms Ministry, footpath, airport, you're gone. <laughs> you don't get to see much. And uh, But what I'm trying to say is I've lived this life. It's like a machine trying to keep things going. And and the Lord kept saying to me, Adam, you need a sabbatical. Adam, you need a sabbatical. And I've always spent time with the Lord before meetings and that. But the Lord's saying, Adam, you need a sabbatical. Started in 2017. Yeah, 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 Lord. Yep, I'm going to have a sabbatical. But then COVID came. So I thought, okay, time for a sabbatical. <laughs> Yep, yep, so he'll make you rest. <laughs> so I've been out in the wilderness for 40 days, uh, wandering around with my do with a dog called Buffhead. It's my friend's dog. And um, we just wandered around and uh, just praying in the spirit, fasting for 40 days and saw some amazing things. And I've really, God's really been dealing with my heart. He's been, now I'm just being honest here. You know, you know God is actually dealing with professional ministries. Yes, he is. Right? And he showed me there's a remnant going on right now. There's a, there's a group that is actually secretly being intimate with the Lord, no name faces, and they're registering as hev in heaven as real prophets and real people of God. That and is such a good word. And it's actually really convicted me, you know, I had to sort of rewire everything. Now, look, I'll probably go back on the road again. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm not going to be doing it, living it like a machine because you have to, and that's where you can compromise when you, when you got this machine and you're depending on the on the income, now, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. Nothing wrong with having finance. God wants you to be rich. Abraham, some of the legends were rich and wealthy. But however, but if you're depending on that and you're compromising the word for that, you know it gets a bit messy. And I believe God, you, we need to really have the fear of the Lord. So, and I think that's coming. I do believe yeah. that's. I actually I believe it's here. I think yeah. that some people haven't felt it. Some people are going to feel it more than others. But uh, everything that you said is is very very what God has been had speaking to me. But I love I love what you said about like it makes you think because you want to be part of that remnant. Like there's that heart cry that's like, wait, no, I want to be there too. Right? And you're like, wait, no, I want to be there. <laughs> me, me, me. Yeah, that's that's the pick thing. Me, pick me. Like, yes, yeah. and that's that's the heart. That's the heart because when yeah. when God calls his prophets his friends he really means that and so as a, a prophet you really want to be like best friends with you wanna, he, he's yeah. your bestie and so to even think of being excluded gosh that's like that's heartbreaking that's really well, heartbreaking see, god's bringing it back to see these this remnant the darkness is coming i'm sorry guys i mean you know look i i, I don't i didn't say trump wasn't going to be president i never prophesied that and i didn't say he, he wasn't going to be president again. And I didn't say that he he is going to be president, right? But I did have a warning and of Camilla uh, becoming president. And I had a warning of that. Of, I saw a vision of her. And there's a Jezebel spirit. I don't want to demonize her, but it's a Jezebel spirit. Now, I, I, I'm all for women in power. I'm all for women. Man, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, and uh, to be in, in a power and authority, even godly women moving in the gifts and having the authority, apostolic authority, I'm all for that. But um, so I'm not picking on women here, but I just saw this vision. It was a vision encounter two days before the election. People thought I went mad and they thought I wasn't having faith and that. But, you know, Trump could be president again. We hope so. We pray that in. But darkness, God's allowing the darkness, right, for the stars to shine. And uh, mm -hmm. he's allowing that and because we've, you know, the church had four years. We've had four years to make it happen when Trump was president, mm -hmm. you know. So the thing is um, God's allowing, he's putting the manure, he's putting the fertilizer around the tree. And, uh, and it's all good because God's raising up 
there's going to be a remnant of Daniels. I mean, Daniel mm. was a freak. You know, he was, when I say he was a freak, I mean, that's probably different terminology for America, but it means you just, he, he just supernaturally tapped into a realm of understanding. He had a supernatural intelligence and he was, he had favor. He built relationship with the palace guard, right? Or the palace, uh, chief of the palace. And it brought him into the arena of Nebuchadnezzar. And he had the ability to, tap into uh, into a realm where he told Nebuchadnezzar his dream, interpreted the dream, and that he was undone, Nebuchadnezzar. Like, and this is what the body of Christ, these are prototypes of what corporately the church is going to walk in. It's going to govern. We can't depend on politicians to govern right, or to bring, sorry, we can't depend on politicians to bring revival. It's the church, but the church is going to govern and it's going to have influence. It's going to, it's going to be politically having influence and bringing mysteries and bringing righteousness into into the into uh, different states and into different nations. That's so good. That's so good. And and the thing about what you're saying about tapping into different realms. That's one of the things that you talk about in your book because and that's where I'm coming to. Hold on, I have it right here. I can get okay, there. We better get, ah. we better get back to the book. Yeah. Well, no, 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 but no, because I think no, because well, you know how I do my show. You know, yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. It's like, all right, we're, we're just going to yeah. go there. And I felt like what you yeah. were saying was was very, very important, especially because you have right now a big draw from the United States of America, where we're in this place where we have believed in things. But you said something and you said it really quick. But one of the things is that most of the prophets, what they did is they endured for the word to come. That we have not been taught how to endure for a prophetic word. We haven't learned how to fight, how to battle, and how to stand. Because if you look, you know, there were so many times that there were prophets like Isaiah who talked about Jesus Christ. I didn't see him apologizing. Just saying. I'm just, just look at the prophetic. If you really look at the prophets, they prophesied something that were hundreds of years away they were talking about the messiah there were things that that they spoke about but they didn't they knew it was coming from god they stood on it because yeah. i think that when you get a word from god you stand if you're questioning now, it I, yeah can ahead. i say this though there's, yes now i'm not an expert i never claimed to be an expert but i have a lot of experience with the prophetic all right and let me say this, there's actually different types of prophetic words that get released and some people misinterpret it. And that's why it's become a bit muddy and there's times where pastors throw the prophetic out like they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But what they're doing is because of the level of immaturity, they might have a gift, but it's the immaturity. See, people say, oh, well, the, the election was stole, stolen. Well, hang on a minute. Are you prophesying a foretelling word or a foretelling word? Mm. There's two different things. So foretelling is out of God's sovereignty. Something's going to happen, an event. Something's going to happen, and you can't bypass that. God's doing it out of his sovereignty at a larger scale, right? You can prepare for it like the famine when it came to Joseph in Egypt, right. right, when Pharaoh had the dream. But then there's a foretelling dream as for a vision or a promise, right, a word, sorry, a foretelling word for a dream, vision, or prophetic word foretelling is a promise god gives you and look he will not interfere with your choice all right usually when there's a foretelling word coming to you that means you're pretty chosen you have a mandate like moses or joseph right that can happen but if god gives you a word and he shows you your destiny the blueprints right of your life it's actually a promise and it's your dna but you need to activate that by faith and what you're saying is standing you need to activate, have the faith to break to break off the plans of hell and cultivate that and step into that by faith and have it manifest by understanding spiritual laws. So there's two different ways. And also there's warnings. Warnings like the Camilla thing was a warning. Yes. The Camilla vision I had was a warning. I said, this is a warning. This is serious. This is red alert. But they thought my cheese slipped off my cracker. They thought I was a nutter. But, but, you know, some people thought I was lacking faith and even some of these big prophetic ministries said, Adam, no, I believe Trump's going to be president. No, I, I can't 
do this, Adam, you know. But you know what? There's a warning. And, you know, William Brannan brought that. The Lord brought me after that envisioning, vision encounter. The Lord brought me to the place of William Branham. He had a word. He said, I saw a great woman in America wearing purple. And guess what? She was wearing, was wearing purple. Actually, there were just, a lot of them wearing purple that day. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, I saw a great woman wearing purple. So purple is a, also on the world's perspective, means a color of the deep state. But, you know, is, is he said, I see a great woman, a woman wearing purple. And, you know, it talked about, you know, she, some things that he said about even the Catholic Church. But Rome does, uh, you know, the Vatican does have a lot of, do own a lot of land. Apparently the Vatican owns parts of Washington as well. Uh, yes, uh, they do. Yeah. So, but, so this is, the Lord showed me this as a warning. So you can get warnings and they can be reversed. All yep. right. The warnings in the prophetic warnings, and, I, and that's like being a watchman. I have a lot of that happen to me. And you can step in and you can reverse the plans of hell. You can go in the spirit. You can alter things. And you have the authority to govern. It's called governing from above and releasing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven and changing atmospheres. And you have authority to do that. So these is different types of prophetic words we get. A lot of prophets don't understand that. True. Does that and make I, sense? I think that I think that's beautifully said. Yes, and I think that for for so many people who because we're stepping as you were talking about that there we're coming into some Elijahs, we're coming into some you know Jeremiahs, we're coming into all of these different prophetic moves of God all at once, which I believe is including Moses. I believe that there are going to be people who who have like a Moses anointing, um, which is a deliverer. To get people out of out of a place of, of bondage, but but that being said, there are so many people who who have not actually understood the truth about the prophecies and how to to basically stand on a word and how to pray into a word or how to to uh, come into agreement with a word. Sometimes people will get a word from a from a prophet and they don't they don't know how to receive it. There is an activation because there are many times in the Bible that it talks about, if you do this, then I will do this. So you, you sometimes have that. There's an exchange. It's like, if you're going to do this, then I'm going to do this. But if you don't do this, that ain't going to happen. So yeah. there are lots of, of different things. I should really have you come back and we should really have you and, and do a show about prophecy. I think we're going to do that. I think that would yeah. be a lot of fun. I think, we, yeah, we're going probably down the wrong uh, you, but. <laughs> no, no, it's all Holy Spirit driven. I, you know, yeah. the Holy look. This is the whole thing about Touch by Prayer. Touch by Prayer. It, it's not just an interview show. This is ironing, sharpening iron. This is the way the Holy Spirit works. Is he he gives a topic, he gives you a topic, and we start to sharpen each other through the conversation. And through the yeah. conversation, there's usually a lot of information that's given out. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I feel. So good. But, yeah, I'm going with the fly. I like um, like well, that's, what, that's why I said yeah. you're amazing. You're an amazing. You're amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, and what we're gonna do also because Adam is so amazing and because he's not traveling, make sure that you go to voiceoffireministry.org and go bless him. So we'll start with that. But let's get into the book, shall we? Shall we? Yep. Okay. Let's do it. So I actually want to go into this this uh the chapter is actually called stepping beyond the natural realm because that is some of the things that i have seen you do that just like whoa because you literally like step in to almost like you walk through a portal or you walk into this other thing and then all of a sudden it's like you know all kinds of activations are happening prophetic words are flowing people are getting healed you're, you're starting to have word of knowledge and sometimes you're having angel dust and you know all kinds of craziness so let's let's talk about how angels can help to usher us in to that natural realm okay um my understanding and my revel the revelation the lord has given me is that um it's we god wants us to activate that realm and he wants us to always be in that realm. And it's actually a portal. Back in Genesis Genesis 28, when uh, Jacob saw, he saw that portal. Um, you know, he initially went through the wrong gates. Through, and I, when I say wrong gates, he went. He tried to get the promise through deception. 
but God honored him. He honored him. God honored his hunger and his faith. All right. Sometimes hunger can be attached to faith as well. And he, he God loved his passion. So the Jacob and the Esau was a kind of a hare and the tortoise story, really. But what happened with um, Jacob, he he was so hungry, but God showed him the true gate, the promise, which is at Bethel, where the angels are sending in the sending. He saw the Lord. He fell asleep on a rock. And, and the rock can represent intimacy because Jesus is the rock, the captivity, uh, sorry, the capstone, sorry, that brings people out of captivity. And when Jacob was resting his head on the rock, that's a prophetic sign. That's a revelation, even though it's happened in the natural, in that chronological time uh, that was document, documented, when Jacob had his head on the rock, that's a, a, a revelatory uh, layer of being intimate with Jesus. And in John 13, someone else rested his head on the rock, and that was the, the loved disciple, the most loved disciple, John, had his head rested on Jesus's breast when he was sort of they were going into that place where they were washing each other's feet, or Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, I should say. So I would say the intimacy, how to activate that, is worship. And with Field of Dreams, my good friend Todd Weatherly, we've been talking, and the revelation that God's bringing another level to of being intimate with the Lord and activating that realm is. Is, is being a priest in the natural, right, and ministering to the Lord as a priest by just being intimate and worshipping him and ministering to him in the order of Melchizedek. We are priests, royal priests, but we activate our kingship, which is our citizenship in heaven. We're really kings because Jesus is the king of kings, not kings in the natural world, but kings in the kingdom. He's the king of kings, but we are kings. But we activate that realm through worship and being intimate. And David, uh, in you know, King David, before he was anointed as king and crowned as king, he wasn't very well known. And I talked about the remnant out there that are worshiping the Lord and they're not no-name faces. Well, David, right, was a, was in that place when he was tending the sheep. He wasn't well known, but he was intimate. He tapped into the realm. He tapped into the realm, and he was. He was intimate with the Lord and he ministered to the Lord. All right. He understood the natural gifts of the stone, the slingshot and the, and the sling and the, and the stone by taking out the bear and the lion. But David, the core life of David was being intimate with worship and ministering to the Lord. And that opened up a realm. Okay. It says in Isaiah 22, 22, the keys of the house of David, the key, the key to that realm, right, Key to the house of David, I rest on your shoulders and whatever door I open, no one can shut. That key is worship and being intimate and ministering to the Lord personally. All right. And that brings you into a realm. Every time I, before I go into a meeting, before I minister, as you probably, I mean, I'm not sure if you've been to one of my conferences, when you see the, when God do the miraculous, beforehand we get everybody to be intimate. We pray in the spirit and we just, we just, we, we minister to the Lord. And that lines us up with the gate, that Bethel gate, right? That Bethel gate is real. It's not locational anymore. It's actually in us. And we can step into that by just being intimate, worshipping him. We, get, we come into it with thanksgiving. It says in Psalms 100, we come to the gates with thanksgiving and then we enter the courts of praise. And what happens, we step into that realm where in the spirit, we're between heaven and earth. We're actually seated in heavenly places, but we have the authority to minister also to others by bringing the manifestation, the attributes of the kingdom into the natural Adamic realm, which bends the physical laws. And, I, and this is what happens, and this is how, how I roll. But the key is, is being intimate and ministering to the Lord with worship. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And if you actually look at the Our Father where it says on earth as it is in heaven, that we always think that that we have to pull heaven down, but but that's really, uh, or that we that we need to go up to heaven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We just need to pull heaven down, that we have the authority to release it from within inside us because yeah. we, we are actually co-creators in Christ. 
we're co-creators. Yeah. But so many people don't understand that. They think that heaven is something that God has to release. And God's like, no, I've given you. I've given you authority. That's what Jesus says. I gave you the authority to trample over snakes and scorpions for you to go and do the greater works. But we're, we still are having this like misconception that we still are waiting for God to do it. And God's like, that's, that's no, wrong. I've given you, I've given you the authority. Well, in Ephesians 6, it says we have, we move on from the elementary teachings of Christ. And we come into maturity and a mature believer has the authority to govern. It's moving on from the basic principles. And then we start to become ambassadors and we govern and we we, we walk the way Jesus walked, 1 John 2, 6, it says, if you claim to know him. Now, you know, in that realm, with that portal, there's, there's the angelic realm around you. you know, let, me, let me give you this story. This is a true story. I was from in Amsterdam, right, and I had to go to Kiev, um, Kiev in um, uh, Ukraine. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of time in, in my hotel room, you know. I mean, I'm sort of like... There's times where you're living like a nomad where you're walking around and it's wherever, everywhere you lay your hat, it's your home, you know. And, you know, I basically was in, in a place where I was intimate with the Lord before I went to the airport. And I went to the airport, I got onto a plane to go to the Ukraine, and this guy was sitting next to me. I mean, it's a funny story, but, you know, my son always, and, and also Todd Weatherly, who's the pastor at Field of Dreams, he goes, Adam, you're a crazy magnet. You always attract craziness around your life. Uh, but, but when you walk in a realm where you're actually carrying the kingdom, crazy things happen around you. You know, one time I went to this, you know, I'll go to the markets with my wife and some woman look at me and she started manifesting, going into convulsions, right? And uh, my wife says, look, you know, it's not ministry time. You know, this is, uh, we're going to the markets. <laughs> but the Lord, um, uh, uh, the Lord will, will uh, allow you to carry this glory where someone will just, Look at you and the power of God will shape them physically and you have the ability to minister to them. Anyway, getting back to this flight, this guy sat next to me. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yep, I'm here. There? I'm here. I'm here. I was giving you full. I was giving oh, you okay. the full. <laughs> Sorry, I just lost you. I thought I might have lost you. No, no, this, you're this, still good. This guy was sitting next to me and uh, he had this laptop between holding up between my head and his head on the plane. I was in the middle. I got bumped you know, into the middle between two, which I usually don't get bumped. I usually get the seat I want. And I was in between these two people. And this guy was sitting there with a laptop between my head and his head. I mean, that's the weirdest thing. Right. It's, and it's for about a good 10 minutes. And I said, excuse me, mate, um, do I need a breath mint or something? Or is, uh, <laughs> is, is everything all right? You know? And he just said, no, no, I'm okay. That's fine. But he's like, for another hour in, he's holding this. I'm like, this is the most bizarrest thing. Mm -hmm. And I always attract this type of thing, which in a good way. So I go, to the, I go to the restroom in the plane. I come back and he's gone. And there's somebody else sitting there. And I said, well, what's going on here? Well, why did he, what, what happened here? And the young guy said to me, oh, he traded with me with money to move seats. But the Lord said to me he was a witch. Ah. Uh, right. So what happens is you actually carry that realm Mm -hmm. You carry it with you, and you it's it, you that Bethel is around you, and you have the angelic realm around you. I mean, you're talking someone who's in darkness operates in, in witchcraft, and he's sitting next to that gate, and it'd be like, ah! <laughs> freaking him out. So, you had to move. I mean, that's so that's what happens. You carry it now. You know, I didn't get to talk to him later because it was you know, you get in, in transit, but you, there's an opportunity to minister and carry, but the angelic realm is real. And that portal, you have the angelic realm around you. I have an angel that stands with me, and it's something that happened in 2006. The angel came to me uh, in 2006. And I have an angel that stands with me. I have uh, several of them, and I won't go into details with that. But one of them stands with me, and I get visions. When I'm ministering in that realm and in that portal, I get visions, and I know the details about somebody's life. And some of you who have been to our conference and might be watching can witness that or know that there's something wrong with their liver or something wrong with their child or, you know, they're barren. And then, you know, and there's usually nine times out of 10, there's a miracle that takes place. Sometimes it's a hundred percent when there's the accurate detailed information from the angel, Now angels do give words of knowledge. If someone has a problem with this, you read Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius 
had an angel came to him and gave him a straight street address where the apostle Peter lived. All right. So, um, so angels did give words of knowledge in Acts eight when the angel spoke to the spoke to Philip the evangelist and gave him direction as to where the Ethiopian was. So the angels do give words of knowledge. We don't worship angels, but we receive them as we do receive pastors that speak at the pauper. We don't worship them, but we receive from them. They're ministers. Yep. All right. But then the unseen world supersedes this world. We receive angels because they're ministering spirits. Are not all angels ministering spirits? Paul writes about that. All right. So we we don't worship them like John the Apostle. He fell down in Revelation. He said, no, 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 don't do that. We worship Jesus, the King of glory. But you have a company of angels around you and you can, when you speak, angels are activated as well. Uh, it says that to Psalms 103 that angels do the bidding, verse 20, that do the bidding of the word of the Lord. Someone said to me once, Adam, you can't. You have no right to tell angels what to do. Well, that's true with my own opinion. But when you're in that realm, you're in that gate, you're, you're with the Lord and you're, you're sent in that realm, that eternal spirit realm, right, where Jesus is, and you start decreeing his word, angels respond. There's the most right. invincible army of all existence is around you. And we've experienced that, Adrian. I had a guy, I had a gun on him and he was uh, threatening me, but I just said, look, that's it's not going to happen because there's two angels actually here right now. It freaked him out. So, you know, we have that authority. Well, let's let's go. Let's continue with that, because you also understand what it's like to partner with angels, because that's like one of that's like a word I use a lot that we need to partner with our angels. And what does that look like and how do we do that? And just like you started to say, you know, am I allowed to give the word? But if if we're just trying to get to our destiny, if we're partnering with an angel, our angel is going to do the works of the Lord. They're not going to just listen. You can tell an angel 16 times to do something outside of what God is telling him to do. He ain't doing it. He's just not going to do it. I'm sorry. He's, he's going to hearken to the word of the Lord. But if you say, let's partner to get this done, that's when you can start to. So why don't you explain? Because you talk about that well, in the book. Okay. Well, it's kind of like being co-heirs with Christ. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, we Christ in us, and that's the um, the finished product of Abraham's promise. Uh, it's the it talks about in Galatians two nine. It's the seed of Abraham, not seeds. It's the seed which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Colossians one. So, and that's a promise that Abraham was given and that's that covenant is more superior than the covenant God gave the Hebrews coming out of Egypt. That's the covenant I still live by, right? So that's in us and we actually have the same authority as Christ. And even Colossians 2, 9 and 10, it says all the fullness of the deity, the Godhead dwells in bodily form and you have authority over every power. And when I get that, that's this thing shift. And when you understand that and it comes with meditation and meditation is another subject, but you, as you're worshiping the Lord, you meditate on the word day and night as you come into his presence and you're like a tree planted next to a stream and you will bear fruit, says that Psalms 1. Now, with, with this, getting back to the point of partnering with angels, if you've got the most invincible king of glory inside of you and you come to that understanding revelation, angels will partner with you. You, you, they, you, are, you have authority as a king working with the king of kings for angels to be released, but it's by releasing his word. Now, Adrian might have shared about this, and I've had a similar revelation about the uh, centurion soldier or the governor, governor official, Roman governor official. I think it's Matthew 8, when when his servant was crook, or crook, that's an Aussie, Aussie terminology, means he's sick. <laughs> his servant was sick, right? Okay. Aussie say, I feel a crook today. He's just... <laughs> Means you're not well. But for the international terminology, his servant was sick. And he said to Jesus, Lord, all you have to do is say the word. That's right. Right. And, you know, Jesus is like, I've never seen such faith in Israel. Because he understood, he understood the language. That's the thing. One of the keys with partnering with God or partnering with angels and being attached to the kingdom having the domain of the kingdom in you is understanding the heavenly language 
understanding spiritual laws. And I want to encourage you with this. This is a man who wasn't Jewish. He was, wasn't, you know, didn't have the heritage of Israel. He was a Roman official soldier and he basically understood the chain of command and the natural he said i have servants under me i say to this one go and i am a man under authority and if someone tells me to do this i do that and basically he said all you need to do is say the word so he understood that there's a chain of command in the spirit realm that supersedes his authority and jesus said we have to, he said you only have to just say the word and there's and he knew that there's the angelic realm activated right because angels do the bidding. This blows my mind. It, it surprised Jesus. Can you imagine how how <laughs> awesome this would have been? So so he just said, wow, I've never seen this. And all you got to do is say the word. We have to say the word. And that's how we partner with the angels. We actually come into that realm, as we talked about with intimacy, when we're sensing the glory, the presence of God around we, around us, and we, we're, we're operating out of that understanding of the hope of glory of christ in us if we release his word nothing is going to get in your way i was um some of the testimonies with this just to back up I mean, there's heaps of testimonies there's one with a uh, somebody's uh, um there was a somebody in the family was going to commit suicide i had a word of knowledge he wasn't in the meeting but the angel was with me mm -hmm. and it was a vision and I just said, look, we're going to decree an angel that's going to be sent ahead of us. It says that in Hebrews. Angel, aren't angel, angels are sent ahead of us for those inherent salvation. So my vocabulary is coming in line with that. And I started decreeing that over this woman. She started getting very emotional, crying. This is in a meeting. Uh, a week later, in fact, no, it was actually three days later, something like two or three days later, he tried to hang himself in the in, in the. Um, uh, in the shed or the garage, right? He tried to hang himself in the carport, but it didn't work. And it basically just, it, it, he couldn't do it. And he, with minimal injury, he went to hospital. He turned out to be okay. And his life was turned around. So he tried to commit suicide, but the angel was sent ahead and it didn't work. Something went wrong in a good way where the angel intervened, right? And now, and he he's still alive today. So this is this is things that actually take place that you can have authority to govern and change the natural atmosphere. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Two of the things that you said, Adam, that I think he, that needs to be repeating is that at the word that things change. That just like Jesus, when he said it. The centurion was able to say he will be well and jesus said yep he's good it was at his word and throughout the throughout the new testament you can see how jesus ministered he spoke it just like in genesis god spoke it but he has given us authority to speak it and yeah. so many people dismiss that so even like when we're going to partner with an angel we we still have to speak it we have to acknowledge them. It's not just like, okay, you know, thinking it in our head. No, we have to speak it because they they hearken to the word of the Lord. That's why that says in Jeremiah, I put my words in your mouth mm -hmm. and to be the prophet of the nations. So uh, that is very important to speak it out. It changes atmospheres. And it's very careful what we say in a negative way. We've got to be careful we don't agree with the enemy's plans. That's why warnings, um, when someone said to me, oh, I had a dream, my, my son died. And, and I said, well, the best way to make that happen is be fearful and agree with mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. you know? So we, this is a warning mm -hmm. that we can, and it might not be literal. It might be a spiritual death. Right. So, so you know, and we've got to, now let's just pour out God's spirit onto this and start agreeing with God's word and reversing this. So that's how we do that. And, uh, you know, our words are very powerful, but if we line up with the word of God, our vocabulary, and we actually got it in us and revelatory understanding releases that, you change atmospheres. You, you walk in, a, in, a, in authority and you uh, you actually become a sign. You don't look for signs and wonders. You actually start to mature. A mature believer, a mature prophet becomes a sign and a wonder. Mm, okay? That's so you good. Carry, you carry that Bethel. You carry that. That, that glory realm around you. And that's what the church is going to come into, the church. Now, look, there are some amazing people 
I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not criticizing the church today. There's some amazing people and there's some amazing ministry I've come across that are great people of God, all right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's some people in undeveloped countries that are really hungry for the Lord and moving in the supernatural realm. So I'm not criticizing the church, but what I'm trying to say is that God, there's an old way that the West used to, used to do some things. There's a way, there's been an era, that era is finishing and God's doing something different. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a maturity like never seen before. And that's going to govern. The church is going to govern and have influence. And as I said before, as Joseph's narrative of his life, you know, he was thrown in a pit, betrayed by his brothers. And he was, a long story short, he was in prison, which is like hell. And then he was raised up at the right hand of a throne, right? But mm -hmm. then he had the grain. He had the wisdom to have to hold the grain. He governed the grain. And the whole nation came to Joseph because he had the grain. So that's kind of a narrative of, of the body of Christ as well. That the, there's going to be a time when the, the, the church is going to move in such authority. This is where how the church is going to look attractive to Jesus, the bride. Mm -hmm. And the whole world's going to come to the church for answers. Well, don't you think that because we're supposed to be the bride, we are the bride, well, it's not supposed to be, but but the bride is is going to understand what the groom needs. So the the, the bride is going to do what the groom basically says. She's going to be the one who's going to just be in sync. It's just like a, a husband and wife who are in sync. They're doing, they might be doing some different things, but they they have an ultimate goal. And so the ultimate goal that 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 God has and the reason that that Jesus went to the cross is to make little Jesuses. And so many people get like freaked out when you say that. But when we when we say when Jesus said to the Father, I wish that they were as one as you and I are one. Yeah. Because that's what we're supposed to be. It's like we are in him and he is in us and we are we are together. And so if Jesus could operate in all of these things and angelic assistance followed him, the angels followed Jesus, except for when he was tempted. That was the only time that I think that that he, you know, went in by himself. But when we are are doing things, it's okay to ask the Lord, Lord, send me your angels or help to bring some yeah. angels or, yeah. you know, if, if there are angels on assignment, which I do know I have some angels, like sometimes I'll be like, listen, can you guys go out and can you remove some of the blockages that, because I'm having a day today and there's like all these like roadblocks and can you just like go move some of these detour signs so I can get to where I need to go? Because sometimes I believe, and I think it was um, John Paul Jackson, he he was talking about how, you know, angels are waiting sometimes to be invited. That sometimes they just kind of stand there just like, la, 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 la. Is she going to say anything today? I don't know. Is she going to say anything? <laughs> you know? It's like they, they are very much a, um, a part of us. Some of them have been assigned to us since the day that we were born, the day that we were yeah. sent here. Yeah. And I always say a lot of them are bored out of their brains. I always say that too. They're waiting for you to release the word. They want to be. They want to do the work, mm -hmm. but they respond to the God's word. You're right. Absolutely. And but the thing is, is that they're they are taught just like God. God does not. He does not come into our life and push himself. It, we always talk about how he is a gentleman. He waits to be invited in, just like with the Holy Spirit, wait to be invited in. So it's the same thing with angels. Yeah. So how do we go about? Like, do we do we just say, "Yo, angels"? <laughs> you know what? What do we What do we do? Well, I well, I just decree them over my family every day, and you know, some when you actually see some incidents online where uh, the, an angel saves somebody, especially an unbeliever or something like that, I really believe that there's some Christians praying for them. You know, mm -hmm. they're decreeing over them, all right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, people do get snuffed out and they die, you know, unfortunately, in accidents or incidents. But um, uh, when you see this, these strange occurrences where an angel will protect somebody, uh, I really believe that someone's praying for that person and they're decreeing uh, a governmental uh, authority over their life. They're having the authority to release angels. And we have the ability to do that. When we're in that realm, I start decreeing it over my life. I decree it 
over my car. I decree, you know, I um, there was an incident once where we were in New Mexico, and uh, Adrian and I were doing a conference in Albuquerque, and um, I was in a car, and I the angel came to me, and I, and I usually sometimes I don't have to be in the realm where the angel comes to me. Some spontaneously, if there's an emergency, I get a vision. I go and I sense, wow. The other day when I was at dinner on a place where it was, wasn't really a godly place just because I had to go be there for a reason, I sense the angel with me, you know. And I go, wow, okay, you're here. Roger that, Lord. Uh, what's going on here? You know, you just something's about to happen. So I saw a vision of this. I'm getting, I know it sounds negative, but I was buckling myself up in the safety belt. And I saw a vision of this truck going like a... Um, slamming on the side and just went red like an instant and it freaked me out and i just wow. went i started going shut up like that dear papa so praying in tongues and said yeah. lord i thank you for your angels lord i thank you for sending your angel to warn me i thank you for the angels around me and the woman was driving she just went what? what what are you praying that for what's going on uh is there a problem like i said no no no, everything's fine it's all good we're just praying for protection lord she's getting a little bit like don't you like my driving? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. It's kind of like that a bit. Anyway, we're driving along. We went through an intersection. A truck went through red light. Exactly the same vision. But skidded right up close to me and was a good, it was a good um, probably two metres away from the car. Right? So it didn't hit. So what happened was there was an angel in between blocking this because i decreed that angel, that's right you know? and wow you know it's happened before with another one in the florida we had an actor a vision of adrian's leg well, i won't go into detail it was a terrible thing but where a car pulled out and we prayed because the angel came we decreed angels around the car pulled out and just pulled up and skidded right next to adrian's side and where his leg you know where he was so so those sort of things I know it sounds a little bit scary, but God gives us authority to change yeah. things. You can do that over your children as well. Oh, and I do. I actually, when I go to sleep, I ask the angels to watch us while we sleep because yeah. everybody was having bad dreams, including myself. And I was like, what the heck? And so then I realized, um, well, one day I woke up and I saw there was an, it was like the, uh, I could see the outline of an angel who was, and the Lord said, that's your angel. I said, What's he doing? He goes, he watches over you when you sleep. And I went, oh, wait a second. If he watches over me, I can ask angels to go watch over my kids. So it's one of the things that I pray. And I ask the Lord to send his angels to watch over us while we sleep to protect us. So while we sleep, that that no demonic spirits can come in and yeah. try to invade their um, their sleep. So they get good night's sleep. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that... Like in all of these things, you know, there's so many testimonies and we can, we could talk for hours and hours about it. But I think what I love about your, this book that you guys put together is it, you've given two totally different perspectives. You, you have uh, the practical application, you have the biblical understanding, you have, there's all kinds of activations and so there's all these like how to go about doing it, how to do these things, how to, in, in, you know, interact with angels and the testimonies. And then in the back, of course, you have like the dictionary of angels. Yeah, and the dictionary is for like dreams too. You can have angels come to you in your dreams. So the dictionary gives you some sort of metaphor, um, it's understanding with metaphors back with scriptures and stuff like that. Which yeah. I think is cool. And we can even ask. Now, some people are like, well, I don't know if you're supposed to do that. But somebody said, you know, ask what your angel, what their name is. And, then, and so I started to to do that. But what was interesting with me, Adam, is that some of the angels came, they told me their names. But it was really their assignment. So it hey, was. You know, people go, well, we only got Gabriel and we only got Michael. But, you know, now, look. No. I've, I've read the book of Enoch. I know it, sound, it might sound a little bit out there, but the, Enoch was a man of God. He's a biblically endorsed prophet. Yep. Right? Yep. He's a biblically endorsed man. He was mentioned in the book of Jude. Mm -hmm. Right? It's mentioned in Genesis that he existed. Now, I don't want to go too deep in details because it's not a part of today's canon of the Bible, right? But, you know, there was angels that fell, uh, that fell on Mount Hermon, 
which is a lot today, which is now called the Mountain of Baal, or, or which is Mount Hermon back then was called, sorry, the Mountain of Baal. So these angels fell, but man, there was 200 different names of angels in the Book yep. of Enoch. That's so right. there are so many names. So there's nothing wrong with if God, you know, if an angel comes to you, but you've got to test all spirits. You need to test them. If I don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and he is this. Uh, he he brings redemption to mankind, and he's the Messiah, and he's God with skin on. He's the the Son that was sent into the world. Then, if they don't respond to that and they dance around that, then you've got to rebuke it. So the angel of light masquerading, uh, and a demon masquerading as an angel of light. You've got to be very very discerning with that. At the same time, if an angel has a name, it's like how many? I mean, there's we all have names. So angels have names, but the, as long as they uh, uh, you know, they are agreeing with the truth that Jesus came in the flesh, rose from the dead and went back and ascended to heaven. And that, and I think that as we're moving into this new, because the veil and Adrian and I were kind of talking about that the veil is very thin right now. So I think that there's going to be a lot more angelic activity that we're going to be seeing. So this, book is really going to help people to understand. But I also think, and I said this to Adrian, I think you guys should take all your books, all the divinity books and put them together in a compilation and sell them together. Yeah, we talked about that, but it's, well, of course we've got a, a contract with Destiny Image and they're lovely people. They've been amazing, but we oh, probably yeah. would like to talk more about maybe doing something like that down the track. I think we've hit the 100,000 copies we've sold. Uh, and uh, uh, we're probably going to maybe maybe do an anniversary thing, maybe, who knows, you know? Well, that would be awesome. I think that would be great. But I love this book. I thought the book was fantastic. I think that you guys you. should get this book. So, and just let me pull up the graphic again so that you guys can see, which is the Divinity Code to Understanding Angels, which is so, it is so important. And it's a beautiful book cover too, by the way. Yeah. But um, so before I let you go, because I know you're you're kind of short on time and I want to wrap this up. So I just want to say, because we you kind of gave a word in the beginning, but do you got a word for us? Do you have something that God is kind of stirring up um, on the inside that you might want to or are you good? Well, what I want to <laughs> say is uh, not, not specifically, but what I want to say that this is a time where things are changing. The world's changing dramatically. Yes. And things aren't going to be the same. The church is not going to look the way it was looking. It's going to change. And um, if you feel fearful and there's all this sort of stuff going along, don't be fearful. Get excited because God's going to cover you. It says in Isaiah 58, 8, I think the glory of God covers your rear guard, right? He covers your behind and your front as well. But uh, And God will protect you. But there's a time now where I want to encourage you that, you know, there's a lot of people that are kind of, shut down because they can't travel and things like that be intimate with the lord and every day and this is something that todd's weatherly from field of dreams that's it field of dreams is a church that i was involved plant i planted 14 years ago with todd he's the co uh, i'm the co-planter but he's 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 the founder of it and i've been involved with that but he's been teaching and equipping us to and i think it's so important which i'm on the same page where we need to be intimate with him be in that secret place like david all right, where in, in the book of Samuel, first Samuel, when, when David was intimate, that put him into the arena with it with, with Goliath. Okay, and you know, he practice your skills if you're good at something in the natural, just just be good at that, but just be intimate. See, David was really good with the with taking out the lion and the bear, but that that positioned him with the anointing, being intimate to God, putting him in before the king Saul, and then in the arena with a with Goliath and and he there was a fast track promotion for him. I want to encourage you if it seems like things are getting dark, it feels like these things are going away the prophets have been saying. All I can say to God's not looking for is this is a time where we're not looking for a word from the Lord for a prophet, right? This is a time to get intimate. Now don't look for a word for a prophet right but it'll come to you it might come to you through a prophet it might jump out at you right it comes to you don't go looking for it god wants you to just go looking for him and be intimate with him right and as you become intimate with him 
and you minister to the Lord as a priest, just minister to him, just worship him, be intimate with him, do that on a daily basis. That's when things start to open up. I must admit, I'm having more dream encounters lately while I'm doing that, more so than ever. And that is positioning us to a place where God's going to put you in the arena. Doors will open that no one can shut. Revelation 3, 7, Isaiah 22, 22. This is something that's so powerful where God's going to position the church and it's going to have authority. And you're going to go, what were, what were we afraid of? Come on. That's a good so this word. Is the time in Hebrews 1, it says, forefathers used to go to a prophet to get the word. But in these days, we can hear a word from his son, Jesus. And I just want to say, just be intimate with him and God will lead you. Don't go looking for guidance from a prophet. Seriously, don't go looking for it. It comes to you. That's so good. That is so good. So Adam, thank you so much for, for coming on Touch by Prayer. This has been so awesome. If you guys are interested in getting in touch with Adam Thompson, go to his website, which is Voice of Fire voiceoffireministries.org so make yeah. sure that you go make sure that you bless him because you know it, it's always nice if you get something it's always good to give back i really do believe that because if you are being fed i think it's always nice to tip your host how about that that's what i, I tip the chef you know if you've got a good meal i think it's time i think it's really good to go out and so if people are interested in going and getting these books you can go to his uh, website which is voiceoffireministries.org or you can also go to the divinitycode.org so and also there's um instagram make yes. sure there's an f, f between adam thompson on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yes, and you're also on, um, I think you're also on the Twitter. Are you still on the Twitter? Twitter, yeah. This, uh, yeah, so we're, I'm still on there. So there's a lot of stuff you can, you can, you know, activate, so. There you go. Well, thank you, Lisa. Appreciate absolutely. you having me on. Absolutely. It's always such a, a pleasure to have you, and it is always a, a joy. So hold tight for two seconds. I'm going to say bye to you off air, but I'm going to say goodbye to everybody here. So thank you guys for coming in again. This is the book, The Divinity Code to Understanding Angels. Make sure that you go and get that book because I really believe that it is a book for right now. So thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have had fun. Have an awesome night. And don't forget to go out and touch someone. Good night.